Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to two and power you i'm back better than ever thomas a deloach and i'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time and on today's show i want to talk about christian stewardship this is a teaching podcast so go and grab your bibles and something to write with as i believe this is going to be an informative show for you today now christian stewardship This, in my estimation, is a very important and serious topic, and so many believers are failing in Christian stewardship and may not have ever heard a lesson like this before. And so I pray that there'll be something that I say to you to really help you take your relationship with God to the next level. Now, when you get saved, that's an important thing. We know we're born again, we're Christian, but then what comes next? What comes next is discipleship because you have a lot of Christians who got saved on Sunday. They never went back to church, never got into a small group or Bible study. So they simply have no idea what God's word says to them, says about them, what their purpose and destiny should be. But more importantly, what does God expect from me as it relates to being a believer? And this Christian stewardship is so important. And I really do believe that once we really understand what Christ has given us, we must be responsible in stewarding the thing that he has given because salvation was free to us. We know he died on the cross. He rose again with all power, but that power that he releases to us, we must be a steward over. Anything that God gives, joy, peace, anointing, grace, whatever it is, we must be a steward. And so I want to take some time here Not too much time, but take some time here and explain this and impart this into your spirit. Now, let's give a definition of stewardship. It's the practice of systematic and proportional giving of time, abilities, and material possessions based on the conviction that these are a trust from God to be used in his service for the benefit of his kingdom. Now, this is profound, and I pray that you got what I said, because we have a lot of Christians who are gifted and talented, but they are not stewarding those gifts for the kingdom. They're taking those gifts to the world. So we must understand what God has given us. We are to use it to build his kingdom. Why else did he give it to us? He didn't give you your gift and talent and things that you could have gotten anywhere else for you to take it to the world so they can use it. No, God gave you that gift so you can build the kingdom of God, so someone else can be encouraged and enlightened by the things that God has given to you. And if we really understood this, there would be no voids in the body of Christ. There are voids in the body of Christ today because people have taken their gift to the world. They are mismanaging the gift of God, and you can do that. And so we need more people helping the believer understand that, yes, God has given you a gift. He's given you a talent, but he has given it to you based on the conviction that you would use it 
for the furtherance of God's kingdom. So this right here was worth you listening to this podcast because there are so many debates. What should I be doing with my gift? Should I take it to here? Should I take it there? The first place you should take it is to the house of God so that God can use that gift to bring glory to his name. And again, if God didn't give you that gift, what could you do with it anyway? The only reason why you're using it is because God has given it to you. So we don't want the world to benefit from the gifts that God has given you. We want the church, his kingdom, to benefit from the things that God has allocated your way. Now, it is a divine human partnership with God, the senior partner. It is a way of living the recognition of God's ownership of one's person, one's power, and one's possession, and the faithful use of these for the advancement of Christ's kingdom in this world. Pretty much I said what I just said over again, but I want to be redundant because I want this to get in your heart. Because one thing about a teaching anointing that God has placed on my life, I'll say things over and over again, and sometimes it's the second and third time that I said it that you got it. So I want you to understand that what God has given you should be used to build his kingdom. And one of the things and one of the reasons why people are so frustrated in church today is because we are not using and ushering our gifts out for one another. You wouldn't have any discouragement in church if people were ushering their gifts out for one another. You wouldn't have a lack in certain areas in the body of Christ if people understood where they're supposed to be using the very thing that God has given them. So I want to give you three things here that I want you to think about and I want you to consider. Number one is what's the difference between ownership and stewardship? Well, Ownership is God. God is the owner of all things. He's the giver. He's the possessor. He's the owner. He's the rewarder. Don't ever get that confused with you. You are the steward, not the owner. So let me give it to you again. The owner is God. He's the giver of all things. He's the possessor, the owner Everything belongs to him. And ultimately, watch this, he's the rewarder. Now, you and I are stewards. That's all we will ever be. You and I don't own anything. You don't own your own home, your own house. That's God's. You are stewarding the blessings that he has given you. Even if your deed is on it, even if your name is on it, that doesn't mean that you own it. Because anybody that has ever died, any funeral that I've ever been to or presided over, they can't take the house and car and the other material things with them. You are a steward. God is the owner. Everything belongs to God. But stewards have to understand that they are the receiver of the gift. They must be responsible and accountable. And we have to understand that we also must be faithful over the things that God has given unto us. And this is key. Don't ever again get confused with you thinking that this is your car. This is your house. These are your clothes. Because here's the reality. If you think that way, can God actually cause you to be a blessing in somebody's life? What if the house that you are in actually belongs to somebody else? Can God even tell you to give a house away? Can he tell you to give a car away? 
Can he tell you to give a pair of shoes away? See, as long as you believe it is yours, then you don't believe that God has access to it. But when you believe and understand and know that you are just but a steward, you must be faithful and accountable and you must be able to release it anytime God wants you to give it to somebody else. Now, I bet you never heard that before. And if you did, maybe you had your ears closed because that's a hard truth to understand because we are very carnal in this hour. The church is carnal. There's so many carnal Christians. And here's what carnality means before you get upset and think I'm calling your names. Carnal means that you are of the flesh. You are of your five senses. In other words, if you can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, then it's not real. You're carnal. But there's a dimension of the spirit that Christians must understand. There's another world. There's another realm beyond the physical realm that belongs to me. I am a spirit. I possess a soul, but I live in a body. And Christian stewardship has to understand that every solitary thing belongs to God. That's what I want you to say right now. Everything belongs to God. Come on, say it. It might be hard for you to say it, but it's the truth. Come on, say it. Everything belongs to God. And because it belongs to God and anything he gives to me, that means he has every right to say, you know what? Whatever you get from me next, I may want you to give it to somebody else. I may want you to bless somebody else. Again, there would be no lack in the body of Christ if we understood this principle. It's so difficult for people to give anything away because they think it's theirs. They think they have a right to it. They think they can say no every time God is asking them to do something. But the reality is poverty only exists because people don't understand that it all belongs to God. And whatever he gives to you, and he wants to give you some things, and he wants to bless you with some things, but the things that he's putting in your life, you have to talk to God and ask him, is this mine or does this belong to somebody else? I'm a firm believer that there are people that have some things that belong to me. There's some things that I have that belong to other people. So I have to make sure I'm talking to God and making sure that I understand that whatever comes into my hands, God may say to me, this hat belongs to somebody else. This coat belongs to somebody else. Maybe this vehicle belongs to somebody else. This is the next level in our walk with Christ that you've got to lay hold of. And this is why discipleship is so important. You'll note in the book of Acts that the scripture talks about that they had all things in common. You know why? Because they shared, because they gave to one another. That's what the church is all about, because that's what God is all about. See, we quote John 3, 16, but we don't understand it. And it starts off and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us things and he didn't give it to you so you can say it all belongs to me. No, he gave it to you because he thought you would be a steward, that he's given it to you and he's trusting you with it so that anytime he needs to bless anyone with something he's given you, you can give it away. Do you know you should be just as happy to give something away as you received it? In other words, anytime God gives you something, we're very happy, we're shouting, we're rejoicing. But if he asks us to give something, we've got gloom and doom, we're sad, we're just carnal. 
We don't understand. You should be just as ecstatic. You should be jumping and shouting anytime that God is asking you to give to somebody and to help them because the scripture still says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So God is the owner and you are the steward. Number two, what are the differences between a steward relationship? So what has God given me that he wants me to be responsible about so that I can begin to understand this whole stewardship relationship that God has given me. Since you said I'm not the owner of things, I'm the steward of what God has given. What are some things that I need to steward now moving forward? Number one is life. That's so important. Life means what you have received. So you can't ever say that you haven't received anything. You received life and all life starts with God. Life does not start when your mother and father get together under the starry skies and create you. No, before your mother and father knew you were coming, God already had a plan in place for your life. And God gives life. He's the progenitor of life. He is the life principle. So when he gives us life, we must steward the very life that he has given us. Next is time. That is so important. Time is what you are allotted. We waste so many hours doing the wrong thing most of the time. We don't even know what we're supposed to be doing because we've done the wrong thing and we think that our time is our time. But it's not because you didn't come up with time. You didn't give yourself time. God is the one that gave you time. And that, again, is what you are allotted. So we have to make sure that we're responsible with the time that we're giving family, friends, business associates. You can't give people all of your time. You can't be with your wife every day, and, you know, going here and there all the time. I know you got kids. I do, too. But there's a certain amount of time I can give them. There's a certain amount of time I can give my wife. There's a certain amount of time I can give to the things of God. And that doesn't mean that you say to somebody, well, I can only give you two hours and I got to go. We need to be led as we are in relationships with one another. Sometimes you need to give some extra time to your marriage, some extra time to your children some extra time to your co-workers because you're after something. You're trying to impart something. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't want you to be uh, calculated and robotic about this and say, all I got for you is 30 minutes. If you need any more time, you know, you can forget that. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we got to be faithful and responsible with our time. If you just blowing 10 hours a day looking at Netflix and Hulu, you wasting time. God didn't create you to be sitting in front of a TV hours on end or doing things that are not beneficial for your edification in the things of God. Because we waste so much time again because we don't know what we should be doing. It is my prayer that you would begin to develop such a relationship with God that he would show you the value of time. He will show you where you're supposed to be who you are supposed to be with, how long these relationships are supposed to last. And when we understand this, we won't be so upset when people walk away and leave us. We won't be upset, so upset when this person comes into our life. We need to understand why people are coming. Ask God, he'll tell you. So time is very important because 
once this life is over in this particular body, that's it. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is all you get. And then you have to stand before God and prayerfully, if you gave your life to the Lord, you will live in eternity with him. And man, heaven is going to be a blast or you're going to live eternally away from him. And that's not going to be good. And this is why I tell people all the time. Now is the best time for you to give your life to God because there is no you coming back as a superhero, as a lion, tiger or a bear or some type of other extraterrestrial something, whatever you might believe or something you heard somebody tell you. No, that's not true. It's appointed for a man to die. And after that, there comes the judgment. So we have to make sure that every day we are using our time wisely. The next thing is talents. That means what you have been given to use. Do you know what your talents are? Do you know what God has given you to use? If you don't, you're misplacing your talents. I'm a firm believer, you know, when we, if you like music and you listen to different types of music or whatever, what have you, and you see these secular artists, some of them, if not most of them, started off in church. They left the church and they pursued fame and fortune. And for many of them, it caused a lot of dread and sorrow in their lives. It just took them totally out of the plan of God. They've become corrupted and they've become so messed up in their mind that they took their talent that was meant to be used for the kingdom of God and they used it for the world's fame and gain. And all the world will do is use you up and spit you out for the next person that they want to use. And so I always tell people, why can't you use your talent for the things of God. And one of the things they'll tell me is, well, I need money. See, we don't trust God because we're carnal. We don't have any word inside of us. We don't know the promises of God. I want to tell you, God can treat you far better than the world will ever have. Now, you will hear that from people after they got used up from the world and they get their mind back and they'll say, if I had to do it all over again, I would have done it God's way. But I'm saying this to you, before you get started in your journey, if you're a young person and you're trying to find out what God has given, you don't have to go through the school of hard knocks and go through ups and downs and people just stealing from you and just trying to mistreat you. You don't have to do that. God says, I got a way, I got a plan and the talents that I've given you. Because God knows what he's given and he's given everybody something. So I don't ever want you to say God didn't give me anything. No, you just haven't discovered it yet. You haven't pursued God enough for him to tell you what he has given you. But rest assured, whatever God has given you, this talent that he has given you, he wants you to use it. And I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. I just want to encourage you to help you to understand you got something that's world changing. You got something that's life changing. God just don't create you and put you on the planet to just be like everybody else. It's something unique and different about you that only you can provide to the kingdom of God that will cause people to believe, that will cause people to get closer to God. I'm telling you, man, it will rock your world. I want you to stand out. Get your relationship with God intact and know that he's given you something special. And when you use it, man, 
everything changes because now you have purpose. Now you have fulfillment. Not only that you feel fulfilled, but you're helping somebody else come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is, is possessions. What is entrusted to you? Now, God has given you things and he has entrusted some things to you. He may have given you a home. He's entrusting it to you. A house, children, he has entrusted them to you. So when we have kids, it's not so they can be our slave. It's not so they can come and go and we're lording over them. We're not to provoke our kids. God has given them as something to you so that you can nurture them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So you can help them to understand the love of God. So you can help them to understand what God wants for their life. Help them to find the will of God for them. So when I say possessions, I'm not talking about uh, necessarily physical things, or should I say a car or a house? And we know that God can give those things, but you know, children and, and a husband and a wife, you know, these are gifts of God that he's given them to you. He's entrusted them to you. Matter of fact, when you become married, you should make your spouse better. They should make you better. You should make your children's better. When you have a best friend or someone in your life, just them being with you and connected with you, they shouldn't become worse. They shouldn't hate God. They should be coming close to God because you're in their lives. And this is the whole thing about what God has given and trusted you with. So it is my prayer today that you will understand that God has entrusted some key things for you. And he wants you to be responsible and accountable and steward those relationships. Man, people uh, will fall apart over money. Don't ever let money or things break off relationships. That person should be more valuable to you than a dollar. You may say, but you don't know what they've taken from me. But the reality is, man, listen, if you've been a friend to somebody for 10 or 15 years and you're willing to walk away from that because of money, you ain't going to like what I'm going to say. You carnal because you've done some things. See, we always see what somebody's doing to us, but we don't see what we're doing to somebody. God is raising up a people to understand that we've got to learn how to forgive. We got to learn how to be patient with people. We got to learn how to release grace and mercy. You know why? Because those are the things that I need. Those are the things that you are going to need. So be that to somebody. So when it comes time for you to need it, somebody will release it to you. And then finally, what you labor for. That means your finances. That means your money, the dollar bill, y'all. That's what I'm talking about, your money. And that's what you've labored for. You know we must be a steward over that. And again, it's not your money. It's God's money. So God ought to have a right to tell you what to do with it. See, you're not going to hear this in the world. The world not going to tell you, you know, it's your money. You worked hard for it. But I often tell people, who gave you the strength to get up and go to the job? Who gave you the mind and the mentality and the intelligentsia to be able to do the job you're doing? God did. You wasn't smart enough. There are people that's got jobs now. They wasn't even smart enough to get that job. They didn't have the educational background to work that job. That's a work of God. So we have to make sure that what we labor for, God wants you to be responsible in that. Every time you get paid, it's not party time. Every time you get your check, it's not time for you to just do what you want to do. 
God knows what you have in need of, and God knows you have things that you want to do, and you will, and you can do those things. But the scripture does say, those that are led by my spirit, they are the sons of God. So we need to be led with our money, not with lust, trying to heap all of this stuff on ourselves. We must listen to God with the monies that come into our possession and understand, even though I labored for these monies, even though I've labored and worked hard, double time, triple time, all the time, I need to be listening to the Father. I need to be listening to the Holy Spirit, making sure that I am a steward of the finances. Many times we are broke. We are in debt because we were led by our lust and not the Spirit of God. See, when you're led by the Spirit of God, that's life, joy, and peace. When you're led by your flesh, it's just death and separation. You don't have anything. You never have anything. You're always broke. There are people that's got great jobs that should be doing better than what they are, but because they think it belongs to them, they just go partying. They just go shopping. They just frivolously throw money away. That should not ever be for the child of God. What you labor for God says you are a steward over because I've given you the strength and the ability for you to go out and to get wealth. All right. And finally, number three, what are the requirements of a good steward? I'm glad that you asked. If you're taking notes, number one, faithfulness. Stewards got to be faithful. And here's what faithfulness is. I learned this years ago. Faithfulness is a condition of your heart. See, you can't make people be faithful if their heart is wicked, if they don't have a love for God. You can't make somebody be faithful to their spouse if their heart is not with them. You can't legislate this stuff. This is an inside job. This is a heart matter. So if you are struggling with faithfulness as a steward, it's because your heart is not there. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. So we got to make sure that we are faithful. And again, Faithfulness is a condition of the heart. Lord, I want to thank you for helping me have a heart for you. We got to command ourselves. We got to tell ourselves what we're going to do. Because if we don't, we won't do it. You're just not going to wake up and be faithful. You got to talk to yourself. You know you. You know how you are. You know how you can be. You got to tell yourself, I love God. I'm going to treat people right. I'm going to do the right thing come hella high water. See, if you don't declare and decree this thing, you know, your heart will just take you places you don't want to go. And you will experience things that you were never meant to experience. Number two, requirements of faithfulness, or should I say of stewards, is that they are teachable. You got to remain teachable. Somebody ought to be able to teach you something. Never feel like you know everything. I've been, you know, saved for a while now. And yes, I know a few things, but I don't know everything. And I willingly admit, I don't know everything. There are some things that people can teach me that I don't know. There are things in the scripture that I am learning that I don't know, that I have learned from other people. See, when you're teachable, God can trust you. When you're teachable, you're not arrogant. You're not high-minded. You're not heady. When you're teachable, there are some things that God can entrust with you even the more because he can show you some things. So always remain teachable. The next one is a desire to minister and to serve people. When you are a good steward, check this out. You want to minister and you want to serve people. People are always talking about that they, you know, they're stewards, but they don't serve. 
How are you in a ministry? You don't serve anybody there. You're not a part of any ministry. You're not a part of any volunteer group. You're not a part of sharing your faith with anybody. No, you're not a steward. When you are a steward, you are a minister and you don't have to have a formal title to be a minister. We are all ministers in the fact that God has called us to reconciling ourselves, not just to God, but to one another and serving them and helping them to understand why God has placed them on the planet. God loves people that serve. He does. I'm telling you, Jesus was the ultimate servant. He always had the towel wrapped around him, giving himself to people, healing them, helping them to know that God loves them. If you are a steward, you have to have a desire to serve people. The next one is you got to have a servant's heart. And I don't get this confused with a desire to serve people. A servant's heart, it doesn't necessarily always mean if I have a servant's heart, it doesn't always mean that I'm going to serve people. But a servant's heart is, I'm going to serve God. God, what do you want me to do for you? Where do you want me to go? In other words, when I get up in the morning, I'm talking to God, Lord, I want to serve you. And he might direct you to someone else, or he may direct you here or direct you there. But you got a servant's heart. You got a heart of God. See, what God does when he saves you, he puts his heart in you. You just don't walk around with the same old heart that you had doing the same old things you were doing before. No, that's not how that goes. I've got a servant's heart. I got a heart to serve God. And out of that heart to serve God again, that will can be channeled to serve your spouse or your kids or to whomever that may be. But God says, let me develop in you a servant's heart. So no matter where I send you, you're not giving me any back talk. See, that's how you know you got a servant's heart. Whatever God can ask of you, you say, yes, Lord. Are you there yet? If you're not there yet, that's fine. But that's where you have to be. And stewards have a servant's heart. And only God can develop your heart for service. And then finally, your willingness to give. As I said before, God is a giver. You cannot say you're a steward and you don't give. You're not. God gave to us. He gave us the very best he had. And so we must give our time and attention and everything that God has given to us. We must make sure that there's a willingness there. And again, that is a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. So we always have to be going to God through repentance from dead works and certain things that we're doing because our faith in God is not where it needs to be. Our walk with God may not be where it needs to be and say, Lord, help me to be willing to give. You know, we love to receive. We, I don't know anybody don't know have a problem with receiving, but when it comes to giving, not so. We don't feel right because we're selfish and stingy and self-centered. And we want everything we can get. But God says, let me make you a giver, willing to give. And may I say this to you? The only way really to receive of God is unless you give. See, the world's not going to tell you this. They're going to tell you to get more and more and more, get another raise, chase another job, chase another dream. We got so many people just chasing stuff. But when you are a giver, he causes those blessings to run you down. He does. He causes people to give to you. Give, the scripture says, and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. And God has earmarked people as you begin to operate in this willingness to give as a steward. He has earmarked people all around the world that he can get them in contact with you at any point. It's just true. God knows where everything is. You know why? Because he's the owner. He knows where it all is because he created it. He's the creator God. He knows everything. So I want to encourage you today to begin to walk in this Christian stewardship. It is very important and it is a foundational principle that needs to be laid in your life. God is looking at all of us and he's saying, do you understand that you must be accountable? That means you must be answerable to somebody. You got to be responsible, a willingness to respond to the questions that I'm asking you and understand that you are a receiver. God wants you to receive, but the receiving is not just for you. Sometimes we're receiving for other people that are not in place to get the blessing. And so as we receive it, then when God talks to us and says, this is for your neighbor, this is for the person at your church, this is for somebody at your job. See, that's when you're being used of God, when you can hear him talk to you and direct your willingness to give to the areas of need and the lives of people. And when we really begin to do this, people are going to look at God differently and say, man, I know God loves me. I know God is a giver. I know he cares. One of the reasons why people don't believe God cares is because of the people that say they're Christians. They don't understand. They don't know. So it is my hope and my prayer today that you've heard this, that you've got it into your spirit today and allow the spirit of God to work the will and the do of his good pleasure in your life. That's all that I have for you today. I pray that this blessed you. If it did, as always, send me an email to info at thomasadeloach.com. I've got a website. You can go there at thomasadeloach.com. On the homepage, there's a subscriber box. Put your email in there and click that send button and I'll send you a free PDF to help you in your walk with God. And I'll send you a newsletter once a month to continue to empower you in your walk of faith. And finally, if you are being blessed by these episodes, I want you to consider to be a financial partner with me. These shows do cost me to put them together. But if you are being blessed, I want you to partner with me. Go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Scroll almost all the way down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see a donation tab there. Click that link. No dollar amount is too big or too small. Let's put this practice of willingness to give as a steward. If God is blessing you through these episodes, I want you to do it today. Don't delay. And let's watch and see together how God is going to bless you like never before. Listen, I'm praying for you always, believing God's best for you. Go out there and make your life count and cause yourself to be a blessing in somebody else's life that needs the hand of God. And until next time, I want you to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www. 
www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.